headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in this morning. You're listening to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM Pittsfield Community Radio and now simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. My name is Mike Wynn. I am the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield as well as one of the co-producers for this show. I'm joined in studio this morning by sound engineer extraordinaire, Lieutenant Gary Traversa. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning, Chief. And uh, chairman of the Pittsfield Board of Health, Dr. Alan Kohlberg. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Chief. Thanks for coming back in. And uh, let's start with a check of the weather, and then we'll run a couple different news articles, and then uh, we'll get caught up on public health in the city. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, sunny. Highs in the upper 70s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then mostly cloudy with a chance of showers after midnight. Lows in the upper 50s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 50%. Saturday, mostly cloudy in the morning, then becoming partly sunny. A 50% chance of showers. Highs in the upper 60s. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Lieutenant, what do you think of that weather report? A lot better than the last couple of weeks. I'll take it going into Memorial Day weekend. Absolutely. So a, a couple short minor things uh, mentioned newsworthy and uh, one that actually came from our counterparts over on the, uh, the red side of the team. But first, earlier this week, Pittsfield PD had to put out a media release. You actually authored it, Lieutenant, um, about delivery drivers, pizza card pizza drivers. So, and in this particular case, we're, uh, we're working a case that we know it's a connected case of two stolen cars, uh, both of which were stolen during a pizza delivery. Um, you had some pretty good suggestions in your, in your media release, Lieutenant. Yeah, as far as uh, just making sure the cars, the vehicles that they're delivering with are secured one way or the other when they walk away. Yeah, so I was thinking about this when the release went out, and I didn't, you know, it, technically, it's a violation to leave an unattended moving motor vehicle in the Commonwealth, right? Yeah. It is it is a finable civil violation, a moving violation. It's not something that's commonly enforced because of warming cars in the winter and cooling cars in the summer, but it, it, it is technically a violation. But if you're going to leave the car running with the keys in the ignition, lock the car. For Ta- sure. Tar- target hardening. Make it a hard target. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is in the news. Uh, it's significant to the, uh, the wide community, but it's also significant to the Pittsfield Police Department. Unfortunately, broken the overnight news cycle in this morning's Berkshire Eagle. Um, Kripalu is, is suspending operations for the remainder of 2020 and laying off a significant portion of their staff. Devastating um, cultural loss and devastating financial and economic impact, but actual impact on the department because Kripalu is one of our partners in our officer wellness and resiliency uh, stuff. The article this morning did say they're going to continue their online presence, which pleases me because it's been a great addition to our officer wellness initiatives to have access to the RISE program. And so hopefully we'll be able to, at least for the people who have gone in the program, continue 
uh, their their kind of ongoing support and maybe even do some virtual training with them during the balance of the year. And then the third one, uh, Deputy Garner actually sent to us last night, and uh, Dr. Kohlberg wanted to make sure we spent a little bit of time talking about it. it uh, Deputy Myers was on another radio station that I was listening to on the way in here this morning, and um, it, you wouldn't think it, but we have to do a little public service announcement and a warning. Liquid and gel hand sanitizer in a container. Do not, do not leave it in your motor vehicle as the weather gets warmer. Uh, did you watch the video, Doctor? Sorry, did you watch the video? I I saw the uh, I saw the post on social media, and I and I did get the email from uh, Deputy Chief Garner about it, and um, he he gave me all the science behind it. Um, you know, I, I you know it's good advice. It, it's going to get warmer, and people leave their <clears throat> when they leave their cars, they leave the windows closed, and the temperatures can really rise in there. So as you said, either you can take your uh, the gel with you, or what I plan to do if I f if I feel it's safe enough is just leave the windows open a crack so the vapor doesn't build up in the car. I also try to close the bottle, but you know it, you can only remember to do so much. So take it with you, or um, uh, or um, leave the windows open a little bit so that you don't build up vapors in the car and, and risk uh, starting a fire. So so it's not that the liquid itself is flammable which it is it's that the vapors are explosive so if it's venting into the car any ignition source uh, could be a problem and and they believe that potentially ignition source could just be direct sunlight through the prismatic effect of the clear bottle deputy garner had a couple um, points that he made that i i thought were worth pointing out people have been incredible industry has been incredibly generous in, in pivoting and and turning but unfortunately a lot of the hand sanitizer that we've been pushing out as a result of COVID-19 is coming in unconventional containers, containers that aren't intended to hold uh, flammable or volatile liquids. And so um, unintended consequences, this stuff can vent into the atmosphere in your car. And if the car is contained, it will build up. And it has a very low flashpoint, less than 100 degrees, according to Deputy Garner and Deputy Myers. So take it out of the car. Right, all, you have to do is, all you have to do is brush your hair and develop some static electricity. Yeah. And you have a problem. If you haven't seen the social media post, check it out. It's <laughs> out of Texas where obviously it gets a little bit warmer, but it burned up the inside of the door panel on this car. So take your hand sanitizer out of the car. All right. So, Dr. Kohlberg, before we attempt to see if our first caller is going to be able to join us, what's been going on this week in public health in the city of Pittsfield? Well, in public health, <clears throat> excuse me, thank, again, thank you again for... Um, for inviting uh, me back here this morning to give you the health update. Uh, we've generally had very good compliance in the city with people wearing masks and trying to keep their distance, though we are still receiving complaints about um, people not wearing masks. Uh, and we're receiving complaints from residents and we're tracking, tracking those down as, as needed. Um, we are still discovering new cases amongst people, not only those who have symptoms, but also people who do not have symptoms. And we expected this since the, uh, the order to test uh, contacts of, uh, of uh, sick people or, or test positive people, even the, who, the contacts who themselves may not be ill, uh, we knew that we were going to have a, a bump in cases, and we have seen a bump in cases, and we are very uh, aggressively uh, tracking them down and getting, getting people tested, getting them quarantined or isolated as necessary. So that 
effort continues. And uh, today we are at the uh, health department are um, releasing uh, guidance to uh, food establishments, restaurants in particular, uh, is being sent out today in advance of phase two, which will begin on June 8th. The, the, uh, the governor, just to remind listeners that the governor uh, stru has, is structuring the reopening in phases, phase one through four, and each phase is going to take three weeks to get from one to the other, depending on the data, making sh sure that the data is, um, uh, allows us to go to the next phase. In other words, keeping the curve flat. So um, we hope as of June 8th, uh, restaurants will be able to resume operation, but on a li limited scale with limited occupancy, and we are encouraging them to f be creative and find ways to bring their service outdoors, even though um, the, uh, there will be uh, occupancy limits uh, in outdoor areas uh, as well. Uh, we do not have the full set of the state regulations for restaurants. That is still a work in progress. But we did, we are sending today to restaurants a very comprehensive checklist so, so they can um, be ready when the time comes when they can start resuming uh, operation at some level. So um, it's, it's interesting, and I hadn't thought about it until we were on our reopening call yesterday. Um, even essential businesses, including municipal government and law enforcement, um, we have to go through the certification, the self-certification and the checklist and certify that we've implemented the workplace safety standards that are part of that. So although PPD, PPD headquarters, we've got a lot of stuff in place, we're going to have to run down that checklist and file a, a plan. Um, fortunately, we've got a good template for that plan that was provided to us during a department head meeting yesterday by Director Rozowski of the Berkshire Athenaeum. He's way ahead. <laughs> He's always doing his homework and turning it in early so we can structure our plan on the template that Alex built, and I thank him for that. But, um, yeah, we got to self-certify and get in compliance and right. get ready to finish Phase 1 and move into Phase 2. All right, we can never, over, we can never emphasize too much the need for mask wearing and social distancing and sanitization of businesses uh, as as kind of the backbone of uh, being able to reopen effectively and safely as through each of the phases. So those three key pillars that will be part of all four phases as we kind of move through this. Cannot say it too often, and, right? And again, you know, it, it's kind of implied in the four phase or in the three key pillars, but I, I'm drawing it out. Workforce surveillance, if you don't feel well, Stay home. Don't come to work. Don't, we don't want to start this all over again. Correct. Um, so, Doctor, do you have anything else from the public health side you want to put no, out? I, th I think that's about it. That's, that's the latest in breaking information from the, from the health department. But we're, we're busy uh, preparing for reopen, preparing f to prepare our businesses for reopening. And that involves a lot of communication and um, speaking with the state, speaking with our local businesses. And all the while, we're still getting calls from uh, the uh, from citizens about their own concerns, and um, so we're we're bu we're busy morning tonight. I got a I got an email in yesterday afternoon as I was getting ready to do my reports from a local dentist, kind of on behalf of all the county dentists. They're anticipating uh, getting ready for starting to do emergency procedures in office, and of course, they need PPE. So. Uh, 
uh, will stopgap them if they can't get support supported from the HMCC through the Department of Public Health. But uh, we had to give them some ordering instructions on how to get ready to do that. So, Doctor, thank you again for coming in. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Look forward to uh, hearing about your DPH conference call and any updates that may be as a result of that. I hope you have a great holiday weekend. And uh, I've got a uh, birthday party for a six-year-old this this weekend. So awesome! Uh, Happy birthday! Uh, no, yeah, well, <laughs> tell, my, yeah. Tell, tell I'll tell that to my grandson. I'll, I'll tell him you sent your best. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll well, I won't see you, but we'll be speaking uh, early next week. Thank you. Great, thank you, doctor. Yep. All right, so listeners, we're about to try something um, for the second time. It's pretty new. We're going to pivot the conversation about public health from physical public health to mental health and uh we have a caller calling in from the Berean center i think our first caller is becca do we have her I lieutenant think i think it's jim it's jim yeah jim's our first caller you hear us jim no it's becca oh. ah. it okay. is it's becca good morning becca i lost her but, lieutenant <laughs> i don't know i i'm not sure uh Do skype, skype kind of froze here all right. Do you want to try to troubleshoot it, or do you want me to go get Dave? <laughs> can anybody on the, on the Skype end hear us? Give us a high sign if you can hear the signal that we're sending to you. No, I think we're we're frozen frozen for the uh, for the moment here. All right, Lieutenant, give me a, a quick minute here, and uh, you can continue to talk about the issue with the with the um, pizza delivery thing and I'll be right back I'll get us some technical assistance we didn't uh, bring up the parade so oh, I'll, I'll yeah, talk about the parade uh, it was announced this week by the Pittsfield parade committee that the uh, 4th of July parade this year was going to be canceled um, that came out I believe uh, yesterday morning might have come out Wednesday night um, so that's significant news for the city uh, not totally unexpected um, but, you know, something that uh, with what has been going on that uh, is not all that much of a surprise. We are experiencing technical difficulties, but we have a tech expert in the room, so stand by. They might have hung up. Hopefully they're trying to call again here. So, um, so Chief, getting back to, uh, you know, uh, going, going back to the, uh, the pizza delivery, um, issue uh, we did have you know a couple of incidents uh, I believe it was back on the 11th and then again on uh, the 17th and um, you know both incidents uh, same street um, same mode uh, mo as we call it um, you know the the deliveries called in most likely uh, you know uh, a uh, scam call uh, for lack of a better term and uh, when the, the driver got out of the car and walks up to the house the had two um, juvenile suspects that uh, jumped in the car and took off so so in the first one uh, they were seen leaving the area relatively quickly after it by a patrol unit uh, yep. attempted to stop them brief uh, not dramatic pursuit they crashed the car fled on foot uh, still at large and then in the second one, we didn't find the car until the following morning, right? Right. Yeah. So, again, just can't reemphasize it. If uh, 
you're out there, you're making deliveries, secure the vehicle. And if you have, you know, an older car, obviously, uh, in newer cars, if you have a, you know, a fob or that sort of a, a key setup, um, there's all sorts of, um, you know, fail safes to keep you from uh, getting locked out of the car. But the, uh, you know, if you have an older car just with a key, get a copy Good. of the key. And, you know, if, if you're going to leave one in there, just make sure the doors are locked and you have something to access it. I have a message from Becca that says she's getting an error that says PCTV PCR is offline. <laughs> All right, so we're going to uh, we're going to be a little behind schedule as we go through this, but we're going to get it back for the listeners at home. What we are attempting to do here, as we are now both uh, coming to you live on WTBR eighty nine point seven FM, we're simulcasting on PCTV Pittsfield Community Television, and one of the things that that has allowed us to do is we can have a guest join us in studio via Skype. And so as we are uh, putting the signal out, uh, we can have the monitor or the, uh, the video portion of Skype also available on television. So can have the lieutenant on the board and the doctor and I uh, who has left the building in studio and then have another guest who is in another location. And our hope this morning, uh, we, we get this back online, the you know, technology is great until it's not. Uh, is that our guests this morning are going to join us from the Brian Center, who's a mental health counseling and substance abuse provider here in Berkshire County, um, kind of the leading provider of many of those services, and one of our key community partners. Uh, they actually provide our mental health co-responder, our, our department clinician who works in the field with us, and our hope, based on a previous conversation with Director Armstrong, is that we will be able to talk about some of the mental health and well-being and mental resiliency um, that they have been dealing with as a result of isolation and staying home. So, we can, um, I can spin us to a, uh, a weather break here. Why do we do that? I don't think the weather's going to change significantly in the next 12 minutes. <laughs> WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, sunny. Highs in the upper 70s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening. Then mostly cloudy with a chance of showers after midnight. Lows in the upper 50s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 50%. Saturday, mostly cloudy in the morning, then becoming partly sunny. A 50% chance of showers. Highs in the upper 60s. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal Credit Union with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair, one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. Right. If you're looking for services for a I, loved one or I'm are interested in caring for the people they support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. PCTV and WTBR are committed to serving our community in this difficult time. 
we will bring you live coverage of press conferences and official statements from our government officials on PCTV CityLink Channel 1303, on the Pittsfield Community Television Facebook page, and on WTBR as they happen and as we are able to do so. Please stay tuned to our channels and our social media for updates on press conferences and other important information pertaining to the ongoing pandemic. Are we back, Lieutenant? We are. And we have a caller. Can you hear us? Yeah. Can you hear me? Good morning. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we can see you. There we go. Do we get You're back on the screen? Do we get Becca back? Yep. We have her. All right. Awesome. We're not positive. Good morning, Becca. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. We apologize for the technical difficulties. That's uh, okay. We 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 think we diagnosed it. Uh, I got an email while we were rebooting the system uh, from Jim. We think that he was trying to hit the system at the same time you were, and that may have kicked everything offline. So, oh. um, but we've, we're a little behind schedule. We've got a little bit of time, and uh, we want to welcome you to the program. Thanks for agreeing to do this. I'm sorry your first call in with us was uh, was glitchy because I'm sure that caused a little bit of stress on your end as well. <laughs> That's okay. Lieutenant Traversa just flowed right through it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thanks for agreeing to join us, and I'm I'm glad that. Uh, Gina was able to make some connections and Dr. Kohlberg was able to make some connections because as we've been spending the last several, well, several, you know, a couple months talking about the pandemic and the last couple of weeks doing the public health update during the show, um, this idea that beyond physical health, um, you know, physiological health, that emotional and psychological health is also something we could talk about. Gina thought that was really, really important that we start to incorporate that into our ongoing weekly public health updates. And we wanted to start with the Brian Center. So, um, you know, why don't you introduce yourself and your role at the Brian Center, and then we'll talk a little bit about how this has impacted you and your clients. Sure. Um, my name's Becca Phelps-Smith, and I am the Division Director of Emergency Services at the Brian Center. Um, I oversee the crisis team, um, the crisis stabilization unit, an adult DMH respite unit, um, as well as behavioral health urgent care. Um, so the pandemic has really moved most of our work um, to uh, via telehealth. So we've been able to do um, telephone assessments, FaceTime assessments, um, telepsych, which is basically using something similar to Skype. Um, where we're able to see people in the emergency rooms uh, via the Skype. And we also have still clinicians that are responding with the police department in Pittsfield, um, South County, and North County. Um, so we're seeing a mix of in-person in as well as telehealth. Um, and it's it's been going pretty smooth, I have to say. Um, switching over to telehealth was quite nerve-wracking because it was um, a little bit new for us um, to kind of switch everything over. Um, but it's been going smooth and it actually has been beneficial in many ways because we're able to respond quicker because we don't have to travel anywhere. Um, we just pick up the phone and, and do that assessment quicker. Um, I can't, I mean, I'm just in awe of, of the way all industries were able to pivot as rapidly as, as we all did. But providing counseling services and mental health services, that, that's an that's a industry or service that requires a deep degree of connectivity. So I can't imagine that was easy 
for for you and your staff or your team to figure out you know the technology is there but the technology is is only part of the the process the rest of it is that personal connection um that had to be incredibly difficult it is. I mean, a lot of what we do is, like you said, making that connection with someone um, and not being able to see them face to face to see, you know, their facial expressions, their body language. It makes it difficult to really understand um, what exactly is going on. And also a lot of times when people come to us, they want that connection. They need someone to talk to. They need someone there with them physically. Um, so that part of it has been very hard. I know that the Brian Center is involved uh, in a, a wide variety of services, from mental health services to substance abuse counseling, uh, providing services for, for youth and adolescents, um, and, and you, you do an amazing job all of the time. What, what has it been like, well, I mean, in bearing confidentiality in mind, what has it been like for clients to have the additional stressor of having to change the way they access services? Um, I think for some, it's been difficult, like I said, to not have that physical connection um, and be able to meet with someone in person. But I think for others, it's actually opened a lot more doors. I think actually coming to see us is typically the very first step for someone. Um, and sometimes it's hard for them to actually walk out of their house and, and take that first step. So to be able to just pick up the phone and have a full assessment done on the phone has actually, I think, opened the doors for a lot of people too. Um, so that, that was an interesting kind of spin on things that we didn't anticipate. It's kind of a silver lining, right? Finding opportunities in crisis. Exactly. Um, have you found, cause we, when we were helping with the technology distribution for the school district, it, the numbers of that we were helping them identify. Have you found that you have clients who don't have access to the technology, or even if they have the device, don't have access to adequate connectivity to take advantage of some of the telehealth services? Um, that has been a problem as far as like doing the video assessments. Um, not everybody has access to Wi-Fi and can utilize apps such as Zoom or Skype. Um, Thankfully, insurance companies have allowed us and emergency services to do some of those assessments with audio only. Uh, so that has been helpful. Um, uh, but again, it, it leaves out that not being able to see the person even through a video screen. Um, so it adds a layer of frustration on everyone's end. And, and I'm gonna apologize because with the technology or the technical difficulties, I kind of got off of my game and I didn't ask the question I have been asking everybody that we're interviewing in the last couple of weeks. How are you? How, how has this been for you? Um, it's, it's been interesting. <laughs> um, it's, I've, you know, in my career, I've never lived it through a pandemic as most of us, I think. So it was definitely interesting to see kind of the whole world change in a matter of days. Um, and it's, it's been stressful. I mean, I think we all can say that, you know, anxiety is up for everybody. Um, the unknown is confusing for everybody. Um, you know, taking care of all of my staff, making sure my staff are safe. Uh, it's, it's been stressful. Uh, in, a, in a previous chapter of my life, I, uh, I, I had a partner who was a clinician, 
And uh, one of the things that I learned from her that has always amazed me about mental health providers, service providers, is this tool that you have in, in place within the team or the unit for supervision, where on a regular basis, you kind of sit down with your, your supervisor or your uh, direct reports and do a check-in on, on where you are and, and your own well-being and your self-care. Has that been a challenge for you with your team to kind of maintain how, how the team is taking care of themselves? Uh, our team is, is really close-knit um, because of the work we do. You know, we see people at the worst moments of their lives. Um, so we see a lot of heavy stuff, and we really use each other to kind of debrief and bounce things off of so that we don't bring it home to our families. And having this kind of separation where some of us were working out of the ER, some of us were working in the office, and some are in the community, um, and not being able to kind of join together in the office has been difficult. Um, but we've been doing a lot of um, texting and emailing and calling and FaceTiming, checking in on each other. Um, and it's 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 still going well. And, and our, our team's really good about that and making sure that each of us are all okay. So with, we're, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on the time and I'm, I've got a message in here from Jim and I want to make sure I give you adequate time. As you said, everybody, everybody's anxiety level is up. If uh, you wanted to deliver a message to our, our listeners or our viewers about you know, what, they, what they should know, what they should be thinking about, what they should know about the Brian Center, what they should know about the services you provide, what would you want to tell our audience uh, as your big takeaway as you provide services during a global pandemic? I would just remind people that we are here. Um, I think people, when when they hear, you know, crisis team, they think it has to be an emergency, um, and it doesn't have to be an emergency. If someone just wants to talk to somebody, if someone just wants to vent, um, we're here for that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day, including holidays, um, on the overnights, we're here. So they would just call the main number of the Breen Center and ask for crisis, and they, we can connect them to someone to talk to. I might take you up on that. <laughs> We're here. Um, so last question before I let you go and we try to go through this connection thing with Jim again. Uh, what are your plans for the holiday weekend? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What are your plans for the holiday weekend? Um, it's my first day off in three weeks. So I'm just planning to not have a phone attached to me and just enjoy the hopefully nice weather. That sounds like a great plan. Well, Becca, thank you for uh, agreeing to talk to us. And hopefully, once we figure out the technology, we can uh, include you in future episodes of the show. Uh, I hope you really do get to spend some time without a phone attached to you. Enjoy this great weekend. And uh, I'm going to disconnect with you and then let Jim know that we're standing by for him. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks again. Have a great day and a great weekend. You too. Bye. All right, Lieutenant, you're up again. Okay, so we're <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting Jim know we're ready for him. We're uh, we're going to uh, I guess transition over to the the next caller. In the meantime, Chief, you ask Becca. I'll ask you. What's up for the weekend? Anything great? I have no um, definitive plans for the weekend. 
other than the fact is, you know, we've said on this show in the past, I've been trying to focus some attention on my fitness and self-care. Uh, I did not do a good job with that this week. I, the, I got caught in the office a little more than I thought. Um, so Saturday morning, I have an opportunity to do a remote jujitsu class. I have uh, one more new piece of equipment that I've obtained. I have a new grappling dummy. His name is Biff. I'm taking Biff to class <laughs> in my basement on Saturday. And other than that, I think we're just going to try to get outside and enjoy some of the weather. How about you? Yeah, it's, um, you know, same thing. Um, I, it, Memorial Day weekend, it's, uh, you know, kind of opening up, getting the yard items out, um, doing some some house stuff, but I'm going to try to uh, balance that with some some fun stuff too, some relaxation and, um, you know, getting outside with the, the family and just taking in the fresh air and the nice weather that we are just starting to experience. Just starting to. All right, I let Jim know that Becca signed off and we're waiting for him. You got him? Anything? Nope. Okay. I'm not seeing anything. Jim, if you're listening, we cleared the Skype channel. You're up. Um, so while well, we're waiting for Jim to call in, you did a brief little update on the 4th of July parade. And again, that's a, that's a huge loss and a huge hit for the city. Uh, I was thinking about it. We, we got the release early, but I was thinking about it as I read the, um, story this morning, again, in the Berkshire Eagle, it, personally, as a, as a resident and a citizen and, you know, lifelong resident of the city, I'm, I'm heartbroken. That's just a sad, sad thing. But as I was thinking about it, as the chief of police, I'm a little bit relieved. I'm, I'm a little bit relieved. We, uh, that is a major, major public safety undertaking for us. And given everything that we've got going on with our public health commitments and supporting public health, I, I couldn't imagine trying to stand up and do that. We'd be well into the planning already under normal circumstances. Um, and given what we just put our people through with staffing, ordering everybody in for that day that just would have been a huge a huge internal hit so yeah i, I think there's a, a a feeling of relief um for that reason you know across the you know everybody at the station it's um as you said it, we, we would have been well captain grady would have been deep into planning at this yep. point and um you know he would have if he had to start it up would be behind the eight ball and having to play catch up and um and uh, so we we started. Um, so our original plan when we created this program was that we were going to try to air our first episode the week of the Fourth of July last year, and we didn't. <clears throat> we delayed it and we went out a week. So we haven't actually talked about the department's role in the parade. That's probably a good subject for another episode. But Jim's on, so we're not going to. Uh, we won't talk about the parade now. We'll we'll do that maybe next week. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? We got you. Thank you. Sorry right. about the technical difficulties and the confusion. This this okay. is a new element of the program for us. And uh, our partners from the Brian Center are actually our first non-municipal guests. So um, you're helping us work out some of the technological glitches here. We so, can hear you okay, but the video is frozen. Yeah, I don't know why, but... Okay. Okay. Well, with... For our listeners, on, go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I said go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, for our radio listeners, they'll get the same experience. Uh, and our, our television audience is not large yet because we're brand new on, on TV. So um, I'm 
I'm going to remember what I was supposed to do with Becca and start with the most important question. How are you? How are, how are you doing during all of this? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Um, uh, everything is well on our end. That's good. Uh, you taking care of your your self-care and your your own wellness? Yes, very much. <laughs> very important for everybody who works in essential services during an emergency. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about your role in the Brian Center and um, maybe tell us a little bit about how that role has changed over the last couple of months after the declaration of the emergency. So um, I'm Jim Yusha. I'm the division director of the Child and Adolescent Division. Um, so I oversee all our child youth programs, in which we have uh, uh, multiple of different kinds of programs. Um, and uh, without getting into all that, because it's too time consuming, but, but how has it changed? We have switched um, everything uh, to uh, telehealth and uh, virtual remote uh, connections with our clients. Um, we uh, got off quickly, uh, as fast as we could anyways, and uh, the Breen Center has been using and supporting the Zoom platform. Um, and there's been some minor glitches, but basically it's worked very well. Uh, some of the, the, the problems, I think, with it, um, again, minors, not all families have the technology to pull it off. Um, some don't have devices and some, some don't have an internet connection that's um, uh, fast enough to, to support it. Um, and interestingly enough, some teenagers especially uh, find it weird to be on a screen where they can see themselves talking kind of self-conscious. But other than some of those glitches, it's been pretty successful. So full operation in all our programs, connecting with all our clients, taking uh, intakes regularly. Um, and that includes our medication programs, our day programs, our outpatient programs, our home-based programs. So that's where we're at. So I, I want to parse that out a little bit. So for some of your adolescent uh, clients, the switch to the screen was actually less comfortable? In psychotherapy kind of things, it's been, they, they've been kind of hesitant to get on. It's interesting because it, it's the other thing as far as how they're functioning, they're very comfortable talking to their friends and they're very comfortable being in their room in quarantine, isolated, and because that's what they're used to, right? They're used to uh, being on FaceTime or texting or uh, Instagram or all the different platforms that they use. But um, in our realm, a couple of them, not all of them, it's a, it's a minority, but been a little self-conscious about getting on. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. I yeah. would have thought that, I know, that it is interesting. Uh, yeah. you know, generationally that they'd be in their element. You know, I'm going to I'm going to second what Jim says, because I see it at home with my own teenager or you know it may be somewhat of a lifestyle to be on with a friend or something but when it came to you know getting on the zoom classroom wasn't really liking it <laughs> wasn't really enjoying that huh you get you yeah, know, it's you, been an it's, it's extremely interesting transition to um telehealth and um telehealth for us is is, is likely here to stay um i think we're going to be using it significantly um, for the next several months until there's a vaccine. I mean, we will be doing some in-office visits soon, but um, uh, 
uh, we're going to be doing a lot of our regular appointments through um, uh, virtual um, connections. Um, and it's been an interesting transition for sure. We've spoken about that on the program um, with public health in particular, but also with the mayor. Some of the stuff that came out of the, the pandemic is probably stuff that is going to be here to stay even after the development of the vaccine. Um, you know, we we in municipal government, we attend a lot of meetings with our counterparts from across the state. We spend a lot of time driving up and down the turnpike. That's all lost time. Um, you know, prior to March of this year, many state boards and, and organizations were reluctant to do remote meeting access, and now everybody's doing it. I would imagine that's going to be one of the things that just kind of stays in a variety of industries, public safety, government service, and, and probably um, medicine and mental health. Yeah, I, I do think so. I think I think it's here to stay. And, and like I said, until we're past um, COVID-19, I think it's going to be here to stay in a dramatic way. And after COVID-19, I think there'll be some, some definite use for it ongoing. So uh, we were, prior to you joining us, we were on with Becca and we, I had asked her, and I'm going to ask a similar uh, line of question, or question to you. Um, obviously, COVID-19 has added a, a new degree of anxiety and complexity across service sectors. How have you seen, um, or has, have you seen, has there been a change in how your clients are expressing their degree of apprehension or anxiety with the addition of the virus on top of whatever um, you were helping them with before? You know, interestingly enough, in the beginning of this, um, I think a lot of the youth that we see with behavioral issues and um, symptomatic conditions, anxiety, depression, and that kind of stuff, um, actually fared pretty well. Um, because if you, and when I, the way I describe it is there's sort of three um, um, touch points, if that's the word, um, where kids interact with the world and they have their stress and they have their issues. One is school, academics, teachers, all that kind of stuff. Second is socially, their friends. Um, and third is home. Well, two of those were wiped out. Two, two of their main stresses in life, um, uh, live social interactions and academics and going to school and all that were taken away. And so a lot of their, their pressure was taken away. Now the home situation continued they were in their home. So what we found is kids would had a lot of problems with school, behavioral problems in school, social anxiety, social kinds of issues actually fared well. Family problems kind of increased. And so if if the two of the, the large buckets are now not there and the remaining bucket increases, but they're in a situation where that's where they are, um, you can't really plan on going to school or going to the park to escape. How do you how do you help them navigate that? The remaining stressor is their new environment. Yeah, well, we very much work with the whole family, um, and we help the parents develop strategies. Um, our, our our Zoom sessions uh, include everybody. That um, it really has to at this point. I mean, we do that anyways. We focus on families. But um, at this point, you really have to because they're, they're all together and, and they're all cooped up. And certainly, you know, our substance um, use disorder issues um, have increased and 
family conflict, family potential violence, child abuse, those kinds of things are on, have increased. Um, so you have to work with the family. So that's how we do it. That's fascinating. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so with the few minutes that we have left before we see if Megan's going to join us, if you had um, a consolidated message that you would want to share with our listeners and our viewers on behalf of the Brian Center and your team in particular, what you would want somebody to know or be thinking about or take away as they're dealing with COVID-19, what would you want to say? Uh, please do not hesitate, whether it's the Breen Center or other mental health providers and behavioral health care, contact us. We're fully operational. We're here to help, um, and we can connect. And um, telehealth, while certainly not as good as being face-to-face -face with somebody, really, really works. It's we're, I always say that we're extremely fortunate to live in a day and age when we have a pandemic, but we have all this amazing technology to sort of help help us interact with people and see people and talk to people in a live way. So give us a call. We're here. Yeah, I can I can attest to that. I shared on an earlier episode that before this hit, I had scheduled an appointment with a therapist that I talked to, and I expected that appointment to be canceled after the declaration. And he shifted over, and we did the session uh, via telehealth app, and it was fine. It, it, you know, it, it actually may have worked out better for me. It was in a little more comfortable environment. So um, it's yeah. available and it works. All right, Jim, last question. What are your big plans for the holiday weekend? <laughs> probably not a whole heck of a lot. Um, we'll probably do a Zoom family party. We've been, uh, the Musha family is famous for, my kids are grown and, all, and married and all that and gone. So we, we tend to have Zoom parties. So we'll probably have a Zoom party. All right. Well, enjoy your Zoom party. Enjoy this long holiday weekend. And uh, I appreciate you, <clears throat> excuse me, I appreciate you joining us and helping us work through this new technology. And as this continues, hopefully we'll be able to offer this platform and these channels to you and other representatives from the Brand Center. And we can continue this important conversation about how people can take care of themselves emotionally and psychologically during these challenging times. Thank you again. Thank you. I'll hang up. Thank All you right, very great. much. Have a great Everybody weekend. Everybody do well. All right, Lieutenant. Let's see if uh, I'm, ch I'm checking the thread. I'm not, I All didn't, right. Um, she's on. She's on. Megan? Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? That switch worked. That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I... Thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And uh, I'm very happy that we were able to remotely figure this scheduling and, and connectivity out. <clears throat> As I said earlier, uh, we decided to take advantage of the opportunity that the police department has with this weekly program to provide um, public health updates instead of focusing just on law enforcement and crime prevention. And... Gina Armstrong from the health department and Dr. Kohlberg from the Board of Health. And they spent the last couple of episodes talking about physical health and, you know, social distancing and face coverings and all of the stuff gearing up for reopening. But Gina felt very strongly that as we had the opportunity, um, we have a conversation about psychological health, emotional health, particularly because we're living through this, this unknown time. And the Brain Center 
is and has been a valuable partner to the police department in the city for a long time. And so we wanted to start with you. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, let's, why don't you introduce yourself to our viewers and listeners and then talk a little bit about your role and the function you provide for the Brand Center. Sure. So my name is Megan Eldridge-Roldson. I'm the Division Director for Adult and Family Services. So I oversee our outpatient adult therapy clinics in Pittsfield, North Adams, and Great Barrington, along with our medical director, uh, Dr. Michaels. And then I also oversee our residential addiction treatment programs. So Keenan House for Men, Keenan House for Women, Safe Harbor, Supportive Housing, and uh, Keenan House North and North Adams, which we're hoping to open up in the next few weeks. And how has your work and, and your role and the work of your division changed post-pandemic? Um, so similar to what Becca and Jim said, we had to switch very quickly to working um, over the phone and video. And we also worked very quickly to identify uh, which clinic staff could safely work from home and who could safely work in the office. And um, that transition happened quickly. And I'm incredibly proud of the teams that made that happen. Um, in our residential programs, there was a little less change. We didn't stop taking new admissions to the Keenan houses. Um, we had to help the residents in the house um, social distance and isolate as best they could, which certainly has been just as trying for them as it has been for all of us, not being able to go be out and about the way we'd like to. Um, but they've done a great job with that. So throughout all of this, we were you know, able to stay open for intakes and referrals. And most recently, we've been able to get our um, treatment groups back online slowly but surely we're restarting our groups on zoom so our substance abuse day treatment group is um, back up and running on zoom had a uh, couple other groups get back online and then by the end of the month I, or within the first few weeks of june hopefully we'll be uh, back to normal with groups just doing them online instead of in person so in your residential programs and it didn't even occur to me when we were setting this episode up um, because in, in the role that I've been fulfilling at the coordinating center with procurement and ordering and resourcing, I don't actually think we've spoken to anybody from the Brian Center as far as I know. Um, your residential programs are congregate housing. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't pause intakes, you've been bringing people in from the community, which is mm -hmm. a potential vector of exposure for the residents who are already there and for your staff. Mm -hmm. um, how how have you been protecting your your residents in the pro, in the facilities and did you have challenges with that were you able to get your hands on adequate equipment and protective equipment for your residents and your staff mm -hmm. so we had a lot of concerns at the beginning um we certainly we we're trying to balance two uh urgent needs one to keep our, our residents safe and two um, you know, the overdose epidemic has not stopped just because the, the COVID-19 pandemic is, is at the forefront. So we couldn't close our doors. Um, 
we received a lot of guidance from um, the Executive Office of Health and Human Services. They provided us with um, written congregate care guidance and also weekly um, check-in phone calls. And so we were able to use their guidance. Um, we also, our director of nursing had several conversations with Dr. Kohlberg um, and we were able to source um, protective equipment through uh, private um, means and also uh, MEMA. Okay. So it, you know, it was, um, it, there was a lot of scrambling, but we, between our director of nursing and our purchasing um, staff and our, our maintenance staff, we were able to get cleaning supplies, get access to masks. Um, and, and we also set up isolation rooms in the houses so that if someone were to be symptomatic, we could move them into that room safely and have some equipment set aside just for them. Um, obviously, if, if we had someone who was sick enough to be um, to need a hospital level of care, we would have sent them there. Um, but so far we've been able to um, set aside the isolation spaces, um, try to congregate in smaller groups within the houses as best we can. Um, so, you know, taking all those risks into account, we've so far done okay and um, we'll continue to, you know, follow the guidance from the state. Um, so as far as the type of cases or the type of referrals that you and your staff have been seeing, how has, what is the added anxiety of COVID-19 done uh, to your caseload or, or the type of concerns you're working with your clients on? Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's, it parallels the anxieties that many people are facing, um, job loss, financial insecurity, um, homeschooling, uh, parenting children um, in this, in this you know, incredibly stressful time, accessing food. Um, one conversation that I've had with some um, folks is around encouraging our clients to seek medical care uh, in, in, despite the pandemic. If you're sick, you need to call your doctor. If you're, um, if you have an emergency, you need to go to the emergency room. That that hasn't changed. There's been a lot of apprehension about um, seeking regular medical care. So we try to provide some guidance and encourage people to take good care of themselves. We had a conversation both with Berkshire Health Systems and with our EMS providers uh, early, early on in the emergency declaration of the pandemic, ambulance transports to the emergency department for things like cardiac care or stroke were way, way down. And similar to what you were just saying, those illnesses or ailments didn't decrease because an emergency was declared. Those are just people who didn't want to go into the hospital uh, for mm -hmm. fear of getting sick or for other anxiety. And there was a lot of concern among the command and general staff and the planning team of the unintended consequences of people not seeking needed medical attention um, because of this, as you said, the added anxiety of the disease. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so two, two questions. One, if 
you had an overarching message on behalf of the Brian Center or your team that you would like to get to our listeners or viewers about what they should be thinking about uh, during this extraordinary and unusual time as far as what they should be focusing on during the pandemic, what would that be? Oh, it's hard to pick one thing. Um, I would I would say that, um, again, uh, the opioid epidemic is still um, an incredible issue that uh, here in the Berkshires, if you're ready to seek treatment for um, opioid use disorder or any other substance use disorder, um, there's where you know our doors are open. Um, we're able to treat people urgently if they're interested in medication-assisted treatment like Suboxone. Um, the hospital, similarly, is available to start people on um, their recovery journey through their inpatient units. So I, I don't want people who are struggling with addiction to feel like they're being sidelined. Um, our doors are open. So I guess that's, that's my message. That's an important message. And finally, what are your plans for the holiday weekend? Um, well, I have young children, so they usually determine my plans for me. But we're we're going to try to spend as much time outside as as much time outside as we can. The weather's supposed to be good. It's going to be a beautiful weekend to get outside. So I hope that works out for you. Thank well, you. I appreciate you taking time for us this morning. And as I said, uh, to Becca and Jim, hopefully. This is a, an avenue or a channel that we can keep available to you and other community partners as we go through this. Uh, and hopefully we can speak again uh, in the program in the future. And uh, I hope you have a great afternoon and a great weekend. And we'll talk to you sometime soon. Great. Thanks for having us. Stay healthy. All right. You too. All right, Lieutenant. That didn't go nearly as badly as I think we anticipated. Yeah, I was a little concerned about how those transitions would go, but that last transition was quick and smooth. With the degree of anxiety that I can see with you and that I'm feeling, we probably should be availing ourselves of the services of the Brain Center. <laughs> I'm like, I might go back to the station when Richard comes in if he's working today. It's technical difficulties. It's technical difficulties. No, right? no. It's, you know what? We rolled with it. We adapt. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, I'm not going to read it all, but I did pull up uh, Cultural Pittsfield's newsletter. Again, I made this commitment to Jen and Shaban that we would keep highlighting the fact that there are still things going on. They may be going on remotely. They may be going on virtually, but they're going on. I saw a great post last night while I was cleaning up some emails. The, I think it's the, I'm gonna, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I believe it's the Pittsfield High School uh, Art Department. They moved a ton of work from their seniors up into a, um, vacant storefront on North Street to highlight the senior work. There are all kinds of art shows and events that you can participate in, either just by walking by or virtually online. Just because some of the galleries are closed doesn't mean that our cultural venues and um, partners aren't doing the work that they always do. Check out the Cultural Pittsfield Weekly Update. If you don't subscribe to it on, uh, uh, via email, do that. Email them at culture at pittsfieldch.com, and it'll put you on the email list. I am thankful and grateful that uh, our public health department was able to connect us with our three guests from the Brian Center, and that we were able to make that work so that we could have a valuable conversation about mental health and psychological well-being and emotional resiliency during this time of crisis. 
Uh, with the few seconds that we have left, I want to thank our listeners and now our viewers for joining us this morning for this new episode of On Patrol with the PPD, the weekly community program of the Pittsfield Police Department, now airing on WTVR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, and Pittsfield Community Television here in our beautiful city and hometown of Pittsfield. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next week for another new episode where we will continue the conversation and the public health updates. I hope you have a great holiday.